Come on in the water. Hey, how you doing? This is Sharkbait, and this is Sharkbait's Chumline Podcast for Friday, August 15th, 2014. How y'all doing out there? Hope you are all enjoying this seven-day uh, celebration of our favorite fish, whether you are tuning into uh, Discovery Channel, if you're tuning into National Geographic, if you're looking at things online, however you're getting your daily dose of our favorite shark friends. Hope you're enjoying it and getting the, uh, the amount that you need. Um, today's program, we are finishing up our interview with Michelle Weisel. And again, she is with Edna Interactive. She is a scientific communicator there. But on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Michelle's past. She's been working with uh, great white sharks down in South Africa. So she kind of tells us about what she was doing there. And uh, hopefully some of the uh, work she was doing there will be published soon. So she will get into that. So without further ado, here is the third part of our interview with Michelle Weissel. So with the... Uh, you would mentioned it easy the ease of filming the great white what what were you involved in your past job with the uh, dyer island conservation okay so um when i was living in south africa i worked for kind of a group the dyer island conservation trust is the nonprofit, and then there are two tourism uh companies for-profit companies that help sponsor the work for the dyer island conservation trust and those two companies were Marine Dynamic Shark Tours, which is a shark cage diving company, mm-hmm. and then Dyer Island Cruises Whale Watching Tours, which is a whale watching company. Right. Um, and as a biologist at the Dyer Island Conservation Trust, one of the things that I now look back and am grateful for, but at the time I was like, oh my god, I'm going to die, um, was being involved in all three, being a researcher also being a tour guide, also being a skipper, also being a marketing, wow. you know, having to do a little bit of everything um, on pretty much a daily basis was extremely educational for me and a lot of fun. It's just, I think Hans Bai is one of those places, it's known as, you know, white shark cage diving place of the world, blah, blah, mm-hmm. but it's actually so much more than that. It's beautiful. The bird life that's there, the scenery, the mountains, just the sunsets, there's so much going on in that spot. To live there and be a part of that kind of magic was really phenomenal. So what, what drew you to there? Was it going to for your, your master's or was it something else? that What got you to South Africa? There was quite a few things. Um, when I finished my bachelor's, I was actually working with sea turtles. I did a lot of sea turtle work for a while uh, because it's really it's so well-funded and you can find good positions with sea turtles. It's a nice species to kind of start off with um, outside of undergraduate. And you learn a lot about research and science and working in a field. Um, During that time, there were a few instances where there were kind of sharky things coming up with the sea turtles. Mm -hmm. Because obviously sharks, you know, they aggregate. Right. Tiger sharks are around the nesting beaches. Um, And there was one time in particular where I was coming up the beach at night. And I could see, oh, there's a sea turtle in the distance. You know, you see this kind of mound moving up the beach. Mm-hmm. So stop everything, turn the lights off, oh, I'm wait for it. And I kind of noticed it was taking a really long time for the sea turtle to come up the beach. And just kind of flicked my light on and looked. And I could see that she had been bitten by a tiger shark, but like clean through the shell, Ooh. was missing her back flipper, but she was still desperately trying to get up on the beach to nest because just so driven by um, instincts. 
And I thought that was so cool. It was really gory. <laughs> but I thought, oh my goodness, that is amazing. Um, what did this? And I want to know more about that. And that kind of really kicked off what was already an obsession with predators, um, gearing it more towards sharks. So after saving up quite a bit of money and then selling my Volkswagen Beetle, <laughs> I so much, um, I started uh, working various internships around South Africa and just on a weekend came through Hans Bay to do a bit of shark cage diving and mm-hmm. check that place out. Um, met the owner of Marine Dynamics, Wilfred, and then that next season when he needed a whale watching guide, he asked me if I would be interested in coming back and doing that. So, How quickly did you say yes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, very quickly. <laughs> so, mm, let me think about that. For, okay, yes, yeah. that's fine. I'll do that. Um, and then, yeah, that started off. I, I started off as a whale watching guide, um, which, again, being interested in predators, I was a bit like, whoa, whales, really? <laughs> but being out with whales is just so fascinating and as a whale watching guide, when you go out to sea, you know, three, four times a day, you're learning a lot about the ocean right. just by being out there constantly. So it was really, again, now I look back and think, oh, that was so great. But at the time, I was like, oh, no, how jaded. How how spoiled do I sound? Whales, oh, terrible whales. <laughs> um, no, it's... <laughs> And it was really interesting to see, like, the sharks interact with the whales, um, the sharks interact with dolphins, and to just kind of get that holistic ecosystem picture of the bay, rather than just focusing on sharks, which is what I would have done right. um, going down there. No, it's actually a good, nice, rounded way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it it's a really exciting place to live, um, not just with all the Shark Week people who come filming and... Mm-hmm. All the different kind of researchers you get coming through and their different ideas and trying to help people and also, um, you know, trying to get the word out about the different types of things that they're trying to do as well. It's a cool place. Yeah. I highly recommend it. What was your, you did your own project on the Cape Fur Seals and the the white sharks? Yeah, so this got inspired going to a talk um, in False Bay, just down the road in Cape Town. They're about two hours separate. Um, Hans by in Cape Town by the highway and Alta DeVos who was a researcher at University of Cape Town she had just finished her PhD on Cape Fur Seals on Seal Island and their various behaviors um, in response to the sharks because we know that the sharks that's where they breach and it's mm. incredible pressure that's put on the seals there and while listening to her talk I'd been being a whale watching guide for maybe a year and a half by then and I realized that everything she was saying about the seals on Seal Island was not at all what I was seeing at Giza Rock. Not at all. They, really? they, they just were not. She was, she was talking about, you know, seals avoiding specific times of day and forming these massive groups in winter. And, you know, they had all of these strategies to avoid sharks. But at Giza Rock, which, again, has a huge population of great white sharks, they, uh, the seals weren't behaving like that. So I went to her after the talk and I thought, you know, we should really put a project together. Um, hoping that we could compare the two mm. islands and see what's going on, what's so different. Um, it was really exciting stuff. It was very fun being one of the few female skippers out <laughs> in that bay. It was also very fun to be driving a 600 horsepower uh, rib out into the bay um, and racing some of the shark cage diving vessels back to harbor, because why not? Um <laughs> And we saw some really fantastic stuff. Uh, 
the publication is hopefully coming out soon. It's it's in review at the moment. Okay. And uh, what basically the breakdown, the difference between Seal Island and Giza Rock is that Giza Rock has an incredible amount of refuge habitat, whereas Seal Island, it's just kind of an island stuck in the middle of the bay without much cover around it. So the seals don't really have much of a choice. They've got to get together in a group and just run to get past all the white sharks. Whereas at Giza Rock, the seals have a heck of a lot of choices as to where okay, they go and how they can hide and before they leave the island. So it's been a really, really fun time and a really, really cool study. Right, so have you always been into to sharks, or at least at some degree? I mean, you said the, you know, the, the turtle yeah. uh, event was, was what kind of kicked it off, but did you have it like growing up in Michigan? I can't imagine that in Michigan there's too many uh, <laughs> shark no opportunities. There's no swimming sharks in Flint, Michigan. There are plenty of sharks walking around, but there are no swimming sharks in Flint, <laughs> Michigan. Um, now, again, going back to what we were talking about with Shark Week, when I was a kid, no, there weren't oceans, but there was cable TV. Mm-hmm. And back then, if I wasn't watching you know, Lost in Space, I was watching pretty much every shark documentary that was on TV at that time, I was absolutely obsessed with the ocean and with sharks and what was around. Um, and that really kicked off my interest in all of those things. But it, it almost didn't seem like it was possible, especially in the community, in the Midwest, but mm-hmm. when you're coming from you know, the outskirts of Flint, which has seen pretty dramatic economic downturns in my lifetime, um, you almost can't think that you could do something that you're seeing on TV. That, that there's a complete disconnect between what you could actually do as a career uh. and seeing this incredible work being done. So while I had the interest in sharks, it never really occurred to me that I could do it until my sea turtle days. I never thought I was going to be able to work on sea turtles, but then I went and did it. I never thought I was going to move down to Florida, but then I went and did it. And I thought, well, pfft. Let me go to Africa and work on sharks. And I went and did it. So I'm, I'm carrying on with that attitude. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't get me in trouble. That's good. That's good. Um, but, yeah, it just, just became, after a while and getting a bit of experience, realizing, hey, if you do work hard, oftentimes you can get to that level that you want to get to. Um, and lucky enough, um, I got to that as well with white sharks. And it was an amazing time. So what did you do in Florida with sharks? Uh, Florida, that was sea turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was... When I... To really tell a funny story, because, you know, having now a career where I've traveled a heck of a lot to almost, let's see, five continents and lived in a whole bunch of different countries, when I was moving to Michigan State and the first day in my dorm, I cried and I cried, and I cried, and I said to my parents, don't leave, I don't want to go, I don't want to leave home. I don't. And we often laugh about that as a family, because who would have guessed that this little girl who was just terrified of the idea of moving 40 minutes away right. um, would have ended up traveling and living in places in Africa and etc. Um, so I encourage people listening or parents listening, if you've got a kid like that, we do grow out of it. Um, and there is a big world out there that you could do things in and don't let where you're from set the tone for what you think your career could be because there are there are still opportunities out there to do what you what you have a passion for. 
that's awesome advice and I think you're you're clearly living it and especially with the Gills Club I'm I'm actually really excited for to check this out. I am so excited. When I first found out about the Gills Club what I told Cynthia before as well. So I thought, why didn't anybody think of this already? Like, what a just a really great program. Um, and I wish when I was a kid there had been something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have been on Twitter all the time like, right. Dr. Allison Cock, what do you think about this? <laughs> I would have been so irritating. But I would have been on it, like, constantly. So I'm, I'm quite excited for it. So do you have a favorite shark? Oh, my goodness. A favorite shark. Um, I suppose I should say white sharks, but they're actually not my favorite, to be honest. Um, a shark that I've been I've been learning more about and had a huge emph- emphasis at um, Sharks International was the sawfish shark. Okay. I'm so interested in what's happening there because they're actually getting to a state where you you're trying to learn as much as you can about them before they absolutely disappear. They're the most single most threatened species of shark on the face of the planet, which is scary when you consider that that qualification is based on such a limited amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if we, if we even knew the actual scope of that species, that they would be, you know, critical, critical to the max, you know, endangered um, status because there's just so little that is known about them. Right. Um, and I just think they're absolutely fascinating. Their biology where they occur, the weird places they've been occurring, and also the cult- cultural things behind them and, and their uses in the past and history um, is just really incredible. So if I had to put a favorite today, my favorite would be the sawfish okay. shark. I think they're incredible. Yeah, I know they're definitely getting uh, a lot of press now, at least in the, the scientific realm. Yeah, and hopefully that continues. The more people who can work on that issue, the better. Okay, and finally, tonight Sharknado 2 is going to be on. Are you watching or no? It is. Oh my god. Well, I've got I've got a huge dilemma. Here's my problem because Sharknado 2 is on. I loved Sharknado 1. <laughs> but so Shark there's another show on tonight that I have to watch, which is on National Geographic. It's one of those another one of those documentaries where you uh, might okay. see my wrist and you might see my shoe. In the bottom corner. Okay, well, that takes precedence then. Yeah, so I have to watch it. And also, my fiancé is in it, so I kind of have to watch it, to be honest. So I will be watching the National Geographic show. It's called Die Trying. Okay. A Great White Ambush. Again, we're not in charge of the titles. Um, But I will be slyly reading on Twitter what's happening in Sharknado at the same time. Is this going to be on the Net Geo channel? Yep, it's on National Geographic tonight. Yeah, at 10 o'clock. Okay, once again, I would like to thank Michelle Weissel immensely. Uh, She came on, did the show. I think it went really well, and, uh, you know, we were able to get this on for Shark Week. I can't say enough good things about, uh, you know, her willing to come on and do this and, you know, come on the show. and we wish her best of luck in everything she does. She's actually uh, getting married soon, so uh, best of luck to Michelle. Okay, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Once again, you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Sharkbait in the podcasts uh, online. We're at sharkbaitpod.com. So you, you can check out the podcast resources on the blog, www.sharkbaitchumline.blogspot.com. 
Like us on Facebook and search for Shark Bait's Chum Line. You also follow me on Twitter. Shark Chum is the handle. And of course, if you want to give me some feedback, I welcome the emails. Let me know if there's something you want covered. Do you have an event you want? Get the word out concerning sharks? Let me know. I'll be glad to get the word out. Ideas or contacts for interviews? Again, send me a message and we'll see what we can do. Um, and you can do all that through sharkbait at sharkbaitpod.com. Again, thank you to Michelle Weissel. Thank you all for tuning in. And Mr. Finn, what do you got to say? Sharks